Hi, I'm Rose Tarossian and I'm here with the beautiful Savia Rocks and you're listening to the Us People podcast. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Us People podcast. I'm your host, Savvy Rocks, and today I'm humbled to have Rose here with me, who is a junior solicitor. Rose, thank you so much for coming on the Us People podcast. How are you? I am good. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Aww. I love it when I have people here so excited to come on a podcast because I can see that they authentically really want to do the podcast. So, Rose, thank you so much for coming on. Um, my first question for you, Rose, is I always love to know where people have come from and their backgrounds. Could you tell us a little bit about your background of where you grew up and how that influenced you to be the person who you are today? That is a very deep question and I I agree with you. It's very important to ask people who they are and where they come from. Um, It's part of obviously their past and it shapes shapes who they become in the future. And uh, I don't really know where to start from. Um, I guess... Yeah, I, I would. Uh, I am Armenian by nationality, so I'm proud of my heritage. I grew up um, uh, mostly in an uh, inner city suburb called Redfern, and yes, and Redfern is um, I. It's an identifiable area um, in, in terms of uh, the community, uh, the Aboriginal community, I should say. There, so where I grew up, I grew up in Redfern, and. Um, uh, it was associated with a lot of Aborigines that lived in that area and uh, it was associated with them in particular because uh, in the 70s, the Labor government um, decided, uh, Gough Whitlam in particular, the Prime Minister at the time, decided to assist the Aborigines um, in Redfern and um, give them a grant. So uh, he gave the Aboriginal housing yeah, housing company a grant and they were able to buy a block of land or a block of houses, I should say, over a period of 30 years. And so, yeah, uh, and, and basically they were able to then live in, in those houses and at a very low cost. And so um, I, I identify um, immensely with that with that area, I should say, because it shaped who I was. It was uh, obviously a, a socially um, a, a disadvantaged area. So um, I grew up um, in a low socioeconomic environment and there was a lot of racism there. So this year, uh, the Black Lives Matter really resonated with me. Um, I'm as white as anything, as you can see, Savia. <laughs> I'm very white, <laughs> very, very white. But um, just by association, I felt the prejudices that um, the Aborigines in, in that environment yeah. um, uh, experienced. And um, just by me association with Redfern, I was looked down upon and that really shaped me in that I grew up wanting to make a difference in people's lives and I wanted, um, you know, uh, obviously we can't eliminate racism, but I wanted to um, at least, uh, you know, um, I can't think of the word at the moment, but, you know, um, lessen it, 
that that's what I'm looking for. Lessen racism uh, around uh, Australia, around the world. And so I was huge on justice. I wanted to make a difference. And um, I, you know, uh, I thought to myself growing up, you know, what sort of an occupation would I like to have? And it wasn't until I was probably 18 that I decided, okay, I can either become a journalist or I could become a solicitor. I didn't end up doing law. Um, I even didn't have the grades immediately out of high school um, to do journalism because both require high ranking um, entrances to get into university. So I decided um, I got into uh, humanities and then from there, yeah, I, I transferred over to a journalism degree. And so I thought through my words, I'm going to make a difference. And that has always been my inspiration to do so. And um, I tried to break into the media industry in Australia and I was successful unfortunately it's um, we don't have a lot of media outlets in in Australia I looked towards America because I thought you know someday you know maybe I can go to go to America they've got more media outlets says there has to be more opportunities but that didn't come to fruition either okay. and so yeah I, I came to a point where I thought perhaps I should look into law again and I had a strong interest in politics from a young age as well and so I decided I'll go back to university and I'll do law and hence I've become a junior solicitor. Oh, wow. That's an amazing journey just from like two questions. <laughs> I love it. I love the fact that you support different, I can't say it's a group. I think it's a community. You don't have to be black or white to, to be part of Black Lives Matter. You just have to be somebody who understands like you do where something resonates with you and you know how it feels to be casted out um i always i always have this um feeling rose where i say that racism is taught to somebody you don't come out you're not born with racism you're not born so being angry you're not born being abusive these things are taught to you or shown to you as you as you grow up so i have sincere um gratitude for you even feeling and Thank understanding so yeah what it I feels really like. appreciate it yeah it was it was a very difficult time growing up but um there was you know growing up I had a lot of shame um just simply as I said through association by living in that area um I had um you know school children say to me oh my god you live in Redfern um so I, I it was it, it was very heartbreaking um to go through those experiences but I always turn to Oprah because I absolutely adore her. So um, she says that, you know, your, 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 the experiences that you go through can strengthen you and the wounds that you experience, if you use that to your advantage, then you can change people's lives and that's something that I'm hoping to do in the future. That is true. I think everything you've been through, sometimes I think people um, say things out of jealousy also. So they may say to you that, oh, you're, you've come from this part of the area but at least you have a heritage of where exactly. you come from and you know where you come from knowing that you are able to uplift people and guide them through situations that other people might not understand so rose never ever you know put yourself down because every single one of us are beautiful we just need to know that and understand it so that's the advice i, I always give to people when you know they talk about their backgrounds before we get into where you work and I yes. know we spoke about this a little bit before 
we started recording, I would love people to know about your name. I know that I call you Rose, but could you yeah. tell us the the reason why <laughs> everyone calls you Rose? Because I love the story. Thank you so much. Okay, well, basically everyone calls me Rose um, because in uh, 2007 I ran for federal politics in Australia and I ran for uh, the Liberal Party. So um, that's quite a conservative party, as I had mentioned before. And I ran in a very uh, safe Labor seat. So the two major parties in Australia is the Liberal Party and the Labor Party. And it was the third safest seat in the country. So I had no delusions about winning, <laughs> none whatsoever. But I wanted the people to have a, an alternative as a representative. Um, so I put myself out there and I thought at, it makes it fairer in terms of justice and democracy. Coming back to my name, I thought, you know, I, I was, as I said, I was born as Vatite Huri Tarosian and my family always call me by my middle name, Huri. Um, but I thought people aren't going to be able to pronounce that. Like they're just not going to be able to say it. And so I thought to make it easier on them, I'll just um, ask them to call me Rose. And Rose, uh, the reason being is my first name means uh, uh, rose butterfly. So Vatita means rose butterfly. And I thought it, it would just be very simple and easy for them to pronounce. Um, and mind you, I'm actually proud of the premier of New South Wales because she's Armenian and she has a very difficult surname to pronounce. And, and she wasn't sure whether people were actually going to be able to pronounce her surname. And a lot of people, um, you know, got it wrong and some still get it wrong. But look who she is and what she's become and um so it's not about your name obviously um it's about you know as I said before the the difference that you can make um and the contribution you can give to the world and, and to the community I love that see see guys that's a story and I'm sure there are so many people out there that can resonate with a name that means something. <laughs> Thank you so oh, much. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I can, definitely. off the top of my head, Obama, like uh, he was um, another inspiration because, uh, you know, uh, Barack Obama, like, you know, he was, he, he, he kept his name and um, it was like when he actually won office, it was absolutely inspirational for so many different reasons, not just because he kept his name and, you know, people had to learn how to pronounce his name as people have done in New South Wales with Gladys Berejiklian. But, you know, he was such an inspiration for change and he was the person that, um, you know, I think Americans were waiting for that Martin Luther King had dreamed of. So I have, um, you know, such immense uh, respect and admiration for him. That's perfect. <laughs> Let's talk yes. about you being a solicitor because this is something that I love and um, I find inspirational, especially from a woman's perspective also as well. Could you talk to me about why on your journey into becoming a solicitor came around and how did you become emotionally connected to wanting to be a solicitor? It started, as I said, when I was young. So yeah. seeing the injustices around me um, motivated me. It was quite hard. So I, I lived in a, a government housing and um, it was a block of units, 16 floors, and it was one of, um, you know, a few uh, housing uh, commissions in, in that area. And so I saw injustices all around me um, and I, I 
it was really that that made me want to, you know, make a difference, as I said. So I was tossing up between, as I said, once I reached a certain age uh, between journalism and law. But I think instinctively, I always knew I was going to do something relating to, um, you know, um, law, uh, if not politics. Uh, I, you know, I I used to watch documentaries on, um, you know, uh, Martin Luther King. So in my little apartment, much to my embarrassment, I can't believe I'm admitting this, I used to walk around in my little apartment and say, free at last, free at last, thank God almighty, free at last, like as if I was Martin Luther King. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe I admitted that. Well, well, maybe you just, you said it in your own way because it resonated with you and you felt something towards it maybe you did have a type of freedom yeah that that is true I I mean I I wanted freedom um for a lot of people like you know in a lot of circumstances so um you know I'm just thinking back um during that time there was the the fall of the um you know the wall in uh east and west Germany so you know I used to watch the news and I I loved um you know um you know people winning basically you know um people power was a huge thing for me so when Nelson Mandela came out of jail um that was another victory um so I'm just thinking back to to you know uh to the period of history that took place so yeah in terms of freedom freedom always resonates for me um I, I I value freedom and I value people's independence and I value people's rights to you know um speak their mind that's a huge thing for me definitely that's definitely what makes you stand out Rose from everybody else who is a solicitor what do you feel inside you that makes you stand out as a solicitor my gosh, that's a very hard question to answer. Um, I guess what makes me stand out is uh, my um, what, well, you know, one of my bosses actually said to me, um, "You you resonate well with the little people, like you know, you're the battler uh, in Australia they call yeah. them the battler." So <laughs> he said, "You you resonate well with them," and I, I think um, that's one of my strengths. That's what I um, that's where I stand out in that. I do understand if you're the the underdog, so to speak, if if you're someone going through difficulties in life and, um, as I said, you're you're seeking assistance in terms of your rights, you know, for your rights to be validated or, you know, you you want justice, then I I think I am the person that you would turn to. (laughs) Which is good. We need a lot more people like you, Rose. Thank you so much. <laughs> Definitely. How how do you continue to come up with new ideas and new strategies when it comes to continuously being different like you are? What would you say that you do creatively or even just in your mind to always come up with new ideas, to think of ways to knock down doors, break down windows, to find op- new opportunities? What would you say that you do? I think I'm just myself. I don't have a strategy. I don't like I think about ideas because, you know, that that's what makes the world. Like, you know, ideas make the world. So I I guess you can say I'm idealistic, I'm a dreamer, but yeah, I'm pragmatic because I put those dreams, you know, I attempt to put those dreams into action. So yeah, I I basically um uh you know, I, I 
sorry, I've lost my train of thought there, but I, I basically um, just look at different people that I look up to, like that I idolise, and I think to myself, what is it that they've done or what is it that they do? And in turn, I can take the same actions, the same steps, and I can, you know, um, better people's lives because that's what I really want to do. That's what I've always wanted to do, as I said, from a very young age. Yeah, definitely. Harry, okay, so here's a question for you which has different parts within it. So to help people understand you even more, because I always like to try and go to the depth of what people do and how they do it within their profession, but to help people understand you even more, how could you break down the process of what you do as a profession? Because I know you do different things. Say, for instance, uh, corporate law, commercial law you do. Also, um, you do research cases also. Would you be able to break down some of the cases that you do just so anybody who has the ambition or wants to become a solicitor can understand exactly what you do? Yes, I can. Okay. So basically, I, I uh, majored in corporate and commercial law. Yeah. So I've done debt recovery and that's not exciting at all. And Aww. I did that... Um, debt recovery was just not exciting. <laughs> it was one of uh, the boring um, parts of law, um, you know. I So, but that process just uh, involved uh, phoning people and negotiating. So, negotiation is one of the skills uh, that you need if you go into um, law and in particular debt recovery. And I always aimed to keep people outside of the court system and I spoke to them. I, um, you know, tried to understand why it was that they hadn't made the payment and I did conflict resolution. Uh, if they, you know, if I, yeah, I, I would try my best, but if they were still very uh, rude or they were unwilling to meet me halfway, obviously I had no choice but to, you know, then proceed um, uh, in, in lodging an application with the court and, and then, they would have to appear in front of the judge uh, for that for the amount that they needed to pay back. Um, I think where it gets more interesting in, in terms of um, you know uh, law is when I did employment and discrimination law. So that was where I had the real one-on-one -on -one client interactions. Um, so I actually had the clients in front of me and I spoke with them. And it was um, one of the most difficult things that I had to do on a daily basis. Uh, they were people who were uh, unfairly treated uh, in terms of their employment. Um, so they may have asked for pay slips and then the boss uh, was, you know, for one reason or another and obviously for dodgy reasons at that would not give them the pay slips because they were being underpaid, for example. Um, so, it, it, you know, they might have actually said, um, you know, to their boss that uh, they needed new gloves because some of the, the people that I came across were, were cleaners. So they made complaints about, um, you know, obviously we're in COVID now, so they made complaints about uh, needing temperature checks done in, in order to, uh, you know, ensure everyone's safety and the bosses wouldn't have uh, or didn't, I should say, implement uh, temperature checks. And so when they came to me, um, they were quite wounded 
and uh, they and rightly so because they were concerned, um, obviously, about their welfare and about the welfare of their co-workers in seeking temperature checks. And if they asked for pay slips, you know, they were rightly wounded because, you know, they were being underpaid and the boss wasn't giving the pay slips because, um, you know, not only were they being underpaid, but perhaps the boss wasn't um, lodging it with the taxation. So that was where it was very real for me. Um, in terms of uh, the discrimination cases as well, that was that was very hard to do. Um, so I looked after uh, people who face racial discrimination, uh, disability discrimination, age discrimination, surprisingly, um, yeah. and not just older people, but younger people. So I would speak to them and obviously address their issues. Um, I guided them as well in terms of um, the, the action that they could take. So if it was employment law, I did a affidavit, sorry, I, I did a submission for them and I lodged it with the Fair Work Commission and then a conciliation would take place. And if the conflict couldn't be resolved there, the next step was going to the Federal Circuit Court of Australia. So, um, and with the um, discrimination cases, very much the same. I'd do a submission for the Australian Human Rights Commission. If the conflict couldn't be resolved there, once again, it would go to the Federal Circuit Court of Australia. So, um, that is a process which took place um, and, and that's, wow. I, I guess that's as, uh, as um, you know, that, that's as much as I can sort of get into the nitty gritty of it. Yeah. Wow, that's, ooh, that's, that's a yeah. lot of work. It's very detailed as well. It is, yeah. It was very hard work, but I found the emotional side of it to be harder because at times okay. I felt like I was their psychologist. Uh, yeah. I didn't mind at all, um, but they were quite traumatized, and so I, I you know, would um, I, I would advise them in terms of, um, you know, uh, whatever it was that they were dealing with. Like I, I had one client. Um, who was uh, sexually harassed and um, it really uh, deeply cut her uh, because she had um, uh, she, she was under um, the impression that by working in a law firm, you know, uh, she, she, you know, her rights were going to be um, respected and that she wouldn't have been um, placed in the situation which she was um, and, and she was being uh, sexually harassed by her own boss. So she was, yeah, she was quite wounded. Um, it was, that one was a very difficult case. Um, and obviously for privacy reasons, I can't go of further course. into it. No, that's fair but enough. I, yeah, I, I did have to console her and, um, you know, uh, you know, just basically uh, also take the role of, of you know, um, uh, being a psychologist, so to speak. Wow. Here's a, I know this is this question is not even on my list, but I would love to ask you it. Um, how do you feel men and women are treated differently when it comes to being in any type of workplace? Just from your opinion, do you feel that it's improved or do you still feel that men are being the superior rather than men and women being equal? I'm really glad you asked. That's one of my favourite questions. And Perfect. I love it when people ask me that question because I'm very passionate about uh, equality uh, for women, obviously. And um, it, I, don't, I don't think we're equal. Mm -hmm. I think we're far from that. 
I think we've got a long road ahead and I'm very hopeful at this point in time because um, Joe Biden, who just won the election, the US election, um, I'm I'm very hopeful with uh, with him being the president of America. And I'm saying this because Kamala Harris, yeah. when she made her speech, you watched it, didn't you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm excited when she made her speech. I was so impressed with her. She didn't just talk about like, and, and you know, obviously I, I commend her for also making mention of her race, but she didn't just focus on her race. She brought up the issue of equality for women. And when she did that, it resonated so much for me because she said, I'm not going to be the last woman here. Like there are, you know, there are going to be many women who are going to be vice president of America. And then what touched me even more is, and I commend men like Joe Biden. I commend them so much because he's a real man, right? He He's not afraid of having a strong woman beside him. Exactly. That is a sign of a real man. So when she actually said that if it wasn't for Joe Biden, like, you know, um, obviously she, she did come there because she's um, quite capable, but that he helped open that door because had he shut that door, even though she's a remarkably intelligent, strong, capable woman, she wasn't going to be able to get through. So he opened that door. So it's like anyone in life lifting you up, male or female. That's what it's about. So it's not even about gender, but sadly, in terms of women, you know, needing to um advance themselves and for them to be equal to men, we do now have to speak about gender. But Joe Biden, what a man. <laughs> that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> I love that. See, that's perfect. Yep. See it, and she's right. She may she she might be the first to go in but she definitely won't be the last this will open doors for so many women of color race it doesn't matter professions as well and every time i talk to any woman of of a profession and is passionate about what they do they're knocking down doors every day so i commend every single one of of you for doing that who are out there and listening on the podcast for knocking down doors and and opening windows so that other people can have an opportunity i can't wait for joe to get into the house and i'm not gonna say and and i'm not gonna say kick out the other one but (laughs) no kick out the other one i'll say it him out he's so arrogant no i don't i don't i can i can talk for hours about that but i i won't (laughs) because i know where it will go so definitely um I have to commend you as a woman I I, you know you're you know you're commending uh so many people that well so many women uh, that have come on your show but I have to commend you because you know if you yeah of course I I do because you know you know I'm acknowledging the fact that you're a strong woman you do these podcasts and you bring women like myself onto these podcasts and if it wasn't for women like you women like me right now would not be in this position talking about themselves so I commend you for that and I thank you for that thank you so much that means a lot to me Oh, you know when you go shy and then you kind of cover your face after a while? It's like, yeah, that's how I feel right now, guys. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> 
it's a good feeling. It's a good it feeling. It is. It is. It's it's more of a spiritual feeling for me, knowing that I'm spiritually aware of my surroundings and being able to give people a platform. Um, for me, I love connecting with everybody. It doesn't matter where you're from. I have such a, a huge background because I am so many cultures in one. I'm Indian, St. Lucian, Jamaican and English. So there are so many cultures within me that I know I can resonate and help people with and just bring them on board to understand that no matter where you come from, you are a person who has a gift in life to share with other people. We're all here for a reason. Nobody's here not for no reason. We are all here for a reason and we just need to find out what that reason is and then share it. So thank you so much, Rose. That means a lot to me. And I've gone back into shy mode. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My next question for you is, how important is, I think you've kind of answered it really, but how important is it for you to have a voice and for you to be able to work with other people to help them have a voice? It's very important. Um, I can't even describe it. I I have always uh, fought against uh, people, uh, you know, um, stopping me from from speaking out. As I said, I value, um, you know, freedom of speech. It's it's one of the top things that I value. So if I found myself in a position where I couldn't speak out um, in terms of, you know, being a, a, a solicitor or being part of any association, political or non-political, it would kill me. And it, what, and I have many times found myself in, in situations like this. So it, it has been quite difficult. I hope to God that in my profession as a solicitor, I won't ever be asked not to uh, speak out and and to voice my opinion uh, because I would you know it, it would obviously tear me um, and you know what I've never been afraid to walk away um, I know it would be a very difficult and lonely journey but I will walk away see sometimes it's good to walk away from things and say no I agree with you there yeah. that makes a lot of sense to me yeah, what exactly? What, what do you most look forward to in the future? That is a hard question to answer. Oh my gosh, what do I look most forward to in the future? Um, I'll go back to when I was a little girl. Yeah, <laughs> I'll go, go back it. to when I was a little yeah. girl. Um, when I was a little girl, what I looked forward to was, um, you know, for, for racism to be non-existent, mm-hmm. for there to be religious tolerance because I loved listening to John Lennon. Um, yeah, <laughs> it resonates with you. You're mm-hmm. shaking your head. Fantastic. So, and um, I I didn't want children to live in poverty yeah. because obviously I lived in poverty. And it was one of the most difficult things um, not to have the, the, the basic necessities um, that one needs. And so that I, everything that I'm outlining right now to you um, is what I still want um, for the future. So, and I used to love world peace. That was one of, I know yeah. it sounds very cliche. It sounds oh. very Miss American. <laughs> 
or, or Miss Universe, I, I should say. But um, World Peace was another one because I used to watch um, a lot of, you know, uh, the news would broadcast a lot of wars happening around the world. And I used to um, watch it and I, I used to think to myself, World Peace, that's, you know, we, we need to find a common ground. So I love the word humanity. And everything that I want stems from that word. I love that. That makes sense to me. What do you What do you wish you had known before you started your profession as a solicitor? Is there anything that you feel that you've missed or didn't understand that you thought as you went into it, you say to yourself sometimes when you're sitting by yourself in the evening sometimes, I wish I knew that before I started this profession? Yes. Yeah, there's a strong one. Um, I had um, sadly no idea that the profession, not only um, in Australia, but around the world, uh, I know most definitely in England and America, uh, America, that there's a lot of bullying and sexual harassment in the legal profession. And I did not know this. And I I don't want to say I went in, um, you know, with my eyes closed or I was idealistic. But if, if those who have become lawyers are about um, upholding the law, how can they have lowered their standards? It's just mind-blowing. And there's this remarkable young man named Kieran I'm hoping I'm pronouncing his surname correctly and, and remembering it correctly. Uh, Pendon. Um, I, I oh, forgive me, Kieran, if I've got it wrong, but he he actually is a, um, a a human rights lawyer, and he has looked at this and he's an advocate uh, to eliminate bullying and sexual harassment in the legal profession in England and in oh, Australia. Wow. So I'm in great admiration for what he does and I wish, yeah, as you said, I wish uh, I, I did know that there was a lot of bullying and a lot of sexual harassment in the law profession. It's, yep, sorry. No, 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 go for it. I was just going to say it, it just, it, it cuts deeply. Yeah. Um, it really does. Wow, because the way I think of it also, Rose, because of what you just said, do men not realise that they have mothers and they have sisters? Exactly. Well said. I agree. Exactly. It comes to the same fact of, uh, the, you know, when men commit domestic violence, mm. do they not know that they've got a sister or they've got a mother? Or a um, daughter even, know, yeah. Yeah. I've... I'm at a loss. I, I have no uh, answers as to why there's widespread uh, bullying and sexual harassment in the legal profession and, you know, surprisingly worldwide. I thought we had come a long way from there, like, you know, in, in terms of, um, you know, it, as I said, I, I, I was under the assumption that even if there had been a bit of bullying or a bit of sexual harassment, it wasn't to the to the level that it is. Um, so coming into the pr profession, it's it's extremely widespread, and I did not know that. Do you feel that men, um, just in your opinion, can feel very intimidated by a woman of strength and knowledge 
be, and yes. that's why bullying happens because they feel that presence of a woman because it, it for me it i always think of this uh, you were created by a woman and you were brought into a world by a woman you were nurtured by a woman you were given wisdom by a woman also so for you to grow up as a man and then bully a woman and to make her try and feel lower than what she really is that shows me insecurity exactly you hit the nail on the head it's insecurity it really is and i i'll go back to joe biden you know as i said that's a real man he's so secure in himself and so because he's so sorry so secure in himself he doesn't feel threatened whether it's a man or a woman that's standing beside him so that's where someone's real strength comes from like you know if if they're so secure in themselves or they're so good-hearted they're so kind-hearted that you know they don't have that jealousy Everyone has, you know, uh, 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 everyone has enviousness. Like, you know, you, you envy someone, but you don't have that jealousy. Jealousy is very cutthroat. Yeah. Yeah. So I agree with you. I think it's because they're insecure. I've got no doubt of it, because, uh, doubt about it, because why would you do that to, you know, obviously to a woman, but to any other human being? Exactly. That makes sense to me. What are you most proud of that you stand for as an individual? Wow, <laughs> She's smiling. So much. You're, you're giving me the hard questions tonight. Um, what is it that I'm proud of that I stand for? Oh, my gosh. I That one's just throwing me off. I've got to – that's a really deep question. Yeah. I think I'm just – I'm – I'm proud that I stand up for people's rights. So hey. that's always been my strength, as I've said. Uh, I, I'm proud that I've uh, never shied away from fights, even though, you know, I found myself um, in, you know, difficult situations where, you know, everyone else has remained quiet. Yes. But I've always stepped up and, you know, I've stepped up and I've, you know, protected the person um, who's had something done wrong to him. Yeah. So I'm very proud of that, that I stand up and, you know, I protect that person. See, that makes sense to me. I love that. What is the best advice, Rose, that you have ever received from somebody that you have taken throughout your life up to today that has helped you? That would be my mum. <laughs> You're going to make uh, me cry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That would be my mum and I love her. She's, um, she, oh, wow. <laughs> I don't want to tear up. Oh, she is. Yeah. She's, she's raised us, uh, you know, pretty much alone. Um, so she's always, um, told my sister and I not to be afraid and to always have courage. And she has said that everyone is the same you know it's not about money it's not about title everyone is the same you know everyone because she is religious she yes. says everyone is god's children That's right true. yeah so she says um 
don't ever be scared, like to follow your heart. That's another one she says. Yeah. And so, but I just, yeah, she's, she's always given me strength. She, she always, (laughs) yeah, I don't want to get emotional. I can see Rose is getting, Rose is getting emotional guys, but it's of a good nature. It is. You know, it's definitely of a good nature. Here's one for you. It's just a random one. Is if heaven, if heaven exists, yeah, and when you do arrive on the gates of heaven, what would you like God to say to you? <laughs> You're gonna tee me up, like, um, I want, I want God to say, um, sorry, I'm gonna cry. <laughs> I can't believe I'm this. <laughs> If you told me I was going to cry tonight, I wouldn't have no, believed you. No, <laughs> um, but you're really good with your questioning. Um, if I died tonight and I arrived um, at the pearly gates of heaven, and I would want God to say that I was kind to everyone I met. Um, sorry, no, it's that okay. I was. You know, I growing up, um, you know, in particular in Redfern, um, having people judge me and put me down for not having a lot of things and for having to live in Redfern and, sorry, for having, um, sorry, I'm going to grab a tissue. Yeah. (laughs) For for having, um, and this is very difficult to admit, um, for having a father who um, was violent against my mum, um, I I always used to say, be kind to whoever you meet, you know, because everyone is facing a hard battle in life. That's true. So for me, if, if I got to heaven, I would want God to say to me, you were kind to everyone that you met, you know, and so – you know, um, that would be my reward. That you know, that that it, that itself would be my reward for him to say that to me. To me, you sound like you have a beautiful mother, and no matter what she's been through, she's m- managed to have the strength to bring you and the rest of your family up to be great people. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Most definitely, that's what I feel. Um. Uh, you made me go sad too. I'm so um, sorry. <laughs> it's, it, well, it's it's good in a way because emotional emotions are one of the best things to make people connect with you. That is um, so true. I agree. Um, yeah, my mum, she's my rock. See? She really is. If I could give you a huge banner and a pen, and I was to say to you, Rose, write whatever you want on this banner so millions of people could read it. What would you write on this banner? Oh, my gosh. Love. Mm-hmm. John Lennon, love. Yeah. Um, you know, his song Imagine was really all about love. That's so true. it was, yeah, it was about breaking down um, cultural barriers, religious barriers, and um, yeah, it was it was all about love. So I would write love. See, if you could choose one quote 
that represents you as a person, what quote would you choose and why would you choose that particular quote? To represent one person, you said? To represent you as a person. To represent me as a person, one quote. Oh, my gosh. God, Um, you're really giving me the hard questions today. (laughs) One quote to represent me as a person. I, oh, wow. Yeah, I think E.E. Cummins, if I'm pronouncing this poet's name correctly, he's an American poet, and it's something that he said which really all throughout my life has resonated with me, and um, it is that, you know, he said, uh, to be nobody else in this world but yourself um, when Everyone, yes. I, I can't. I'm, I'm not probably remembering the the the, the wording correctly, um, but to be nobody else but yourself in a world that's doing its best night and day to make you every like everybody else means to fight the hardest battle of your life, and that really really resonates with me. That is what I do. I think day in and day out, um, because I don't just want to blend in. Um, yeah. Yeah, I want to be who I am. Uh, so, and and that is, uh, you know, the most difficult thing you can be to be who you are. See, that is so true, and I think that would go in my top ten quotes when I do a podcast of my top ten best quotes from my guests. I really? think that would definitely, yeah, I think that would definitely be in there. Let's talk about success. What does success mean to you, Rose? Because everybody has a different definition of what success means to them. But what does success mean to you? Success to me means, um, obviously, I, I, I'm, I'm not one for titles. I'm not one for yeah. money. Same um, as me. So that's not success. Um, uh, I, I, I am ambitious, I will tell you, which you know, people look at me and, and they're like, oh, my gosh, you, you know, you work so hard and you want to get places in life and, you know, and, and yes, I do, but not for the reasons that they think, you know, because everyone thinks, you know, if you want to do those things, it's because you want a lot of money, you know, you, you, want, you want a title, you want to become famous and those are not the reasons. So for me, success means that, as I said, I get to make a difference in people's lives. So, um, Oprah Winfrey, it's, it's you know, for me, she is successful not because she's got a television station, not because she's the richest, one of the richest women in America, um, not because she's made a name for herself, but because everything she does, she does because she wants to make a difference yeah. and because it resonates with her values. Yes. And so that is success for me. Um, I want to make a difference and it has to resonate with my values. I think that's one of the best answers I've ever had for that question. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> now you're going to make me go shy. No, I think it is, definitely. Um, it means a lot to make people understand that success is not about materialistic things and titles, whereas a lot of people in the world think that even on my daily talks with people, they think that, uh, success is about title and and money and and the more you have the more power you have and I think that's the wrong direction to go in so thank that, you for sharing that that is um and look I'll, I'll 
come back to my mother again. Um, she used to say to my sister and I um, that, um, and it's like a, it's like a, uh, like an army in a uh, fable. Sorry, it's it's pretty much that there was a, a rich uh, man and uh, in a small town. He was the richest man there, and he was the envy of everyone because he was rich, right? And the day came where he passed away, and he was in his coffin, and they took him through the town square. And because he was so well known, you know, obviously he was the richest man there, everyone attended his funeral. And they saw that there was a hole in the coffin and that one of his arms was out of the coffin, like through that hole. So everyone was like thinking, why does he have his hand out? Like, you know, why is there a hole? And, you know, one of his hands, one of his hands is just, you know, poking out. And so... Um, his, uh, the person who, who obviously did the coffin, his, his request was that I want people to see that I've taken nothing with me. I did not take anything of material value with me, right? He was trying to say my hand is empty. So where, as I said, you know, we're all born equal and yeah. we're all going to die and and my mum says, you know, um, there's no rich person in the cemetery. Yes. Even if they try and put a check in there. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's right. There's Where no... would they cash it out? <laughs> I have no idea, Rose. <laughs> they could try. I remember there was a story um, that a lady's husband, okay, so a lady has a hus husband as well. He was really wealthy also. And he says, you're not going to get any of my money. So the, 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 so the wife said, oh, okay. So he says, I want to take all my money with me. This is exactly what he said. I want to take all my money with me. So she was like, okay. And on, <laughs> it's so funny. On the, the day he passed away, she wrote a check yeah. to him. And she put it in the coffin. I think just before he died when he could speak. Anyway, she put it in the coffin and she said, um, you can take this check with you, but I don't know where you're going to cash it. So she ended up with all of the money anyway. I love that. That's a good one. <laughs> but he had a check that he could never cash because oh, he had yeah. passed away. And 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 it, it comes down to understanding the depth of what greed is, but also what humour is also. Um, exactly. So you're right. I love the story where you... It's true. My... My mother always says that to me also. You're not going to take anything with you and never envy what somebody else has because life has a funny way of abundantly giving you more when you least expect You've it. You've got a smart mother. Yeah, she's very smart. She's very smart. <laughs> I love her. <laughs> she's very smart. We have good mothers. She's very smart. <laughs> we have good mothers. Um, I have another one for you, which is if there is a question that you wish somebody would ask you, but they never really do, what would that question be, Rose? Oh, wow. Um, oh, wow, that's another deep one. I, I think I would say who are you would be good because people don't ask me who are you. 
So I, I'd love for someone to say to me someday, you know, who are you? Like, tell me about yourself. And they will learn a lot, obviously, just as you have, because, you know, and I think you did anyway. Um, My first question. You did, you did. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so <laughs> that's ticked off, tick. <laughs> <laughs> The academy goes to you. (laughs) Well, I'm hoping for a few awards in the future, but not for the materialistic sense, but in the avenue to give other people a a doorway. Exactly. If that makes sense. So that they can do something just as I have for, for women or young girls or anybody. It doesn't even have to be women. It could be men too, because some men feel like they don't have that avenue to be able to talk about things that they would like to talk about too. But definitely, I have two more for you, Rose. Yes. And my second to last one is, what would you like your legacy to be when you feel like you have given everything to the world? And then God says, I'm going to take you back to heaven's door. What would you like your legacy to be? This is a dream. Like I, I would love my legacy to be very much like something that, you know, um, you know, I'm coming back to, you know, that Barack Obama has done or Oprah Winfrey has done or, um, you know, uh, I, I would like I would like to obviously make a difference and I'd like my legacy to be that. And so if if I died, I'd love someone to say that she made a huge contribution um, to to humanity in, in some form. So it's not gonna come to pass, I'm sad to say. <laughs> but that was one of my childhood dreams. So I, I, you know, and I still hold on to those dreams and I can't see it coming to uh, fruition, sadly. I, I wish, um, you know, I wish. I Sometimes I think to myself, you know, um, if I was a, a renowned, um, you know, uh, international human rights lawyer, for example, that would be spectacular. So, or if uh, I wrote a book and um, it, it had an impact according, like in a way, sorry, you know, in a way that, you know, people interacted with one another, then, um, you know, I would be very, very happy. Uh, so my legacy would be to make, uh, you know, for, for people to say she made a huge contribution to humanity. I think you still are making a huge contribution regardless and you still can thank you so much I think I I do it in my small in small ways like I I do it with the people that I meet because um it's for me everyone that I come across my interactions with them uh, are very much uh, precious and and important because it's going to have a uh, impact on their lives it's gonna leave a footprint so in that way I I tell myself I'm making a difference I'm you know contributing to humanity see and that's good enough for the world because you're saving many people's lives thank you, you know, so just much. by being there and my last question for you Rose is where can we find you on all your social medias just like I did where can we find you if anybody would like to contact you 
I think it was a miracle that you found me. And I am, again, so honoured that you picked me because, you know, I, I sometimes go and listen to your podcasts and I'm just in awe with all the people that you've interviewed or well, the ones that I've listened to and they're, they're well known. And so I'm I'm very humbled that you found me through LinkedIn. So that's that's one of the, the ways that other people can find me. Um, they can find me on Twitter and yeah. they can find me obviously on Facebook uh, and pretty much that's my social media. I mean, I, I'm also actually on Instagram. So that's, you know, oh. one of four options. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Rose, I want to thank you so much for coming on the Us People podcast. And just for everyone to know, Rose is actually in Australia. So it's, um, it's now nine o'clock here in London and, and I'm sure it's, it's what time is it over there, Rose? It's eight o'clock, eight o'clock in Sydney, Australia. Oh my gosh. I've done this a few times <laughs> and I love it every time. Rose, I'm humbled to have your knowledge, wisdom and kindness on the podcast. And I want to thank you so much for coming on the Us People podcast. Thank you so much pleasure thank you so much for having me and i hope to meet you someday yes most definitely i hope so too <laughs> you have to come down to australia <laughs> i will do yeah definitely as soon as they let me on a plane i will <laughs> please do <laughs> guys thank you so much for listening to the us people podcast and please remember you can subscribe to spotify itunes google play and any other platform that you prefer listening to please also follow us on facebook instagram and twitter and you can also donate to the us people podcast by simply going to the Savio rocks website or just typing in paypal.me forward slash us people podcast thank you so much for listening stay happy stay positive and as always please Continue to be kind to one another. That's what I, that's what I love about you. I love that about your podcast because you know it's like you know us people, everyday people. You know, it doesn't, as you said, doesn't matter what, you know, line of work you're in and doesn't matter what your income level is. Like we, you know, we, we face the same things in life, like, or, or you know, we, we can feel for what someone else has gone through because we've gone through similar experiences. So I can't thank you enough. You're just beautiful. And I'm just happy for this, yeah, this moment in time.